the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Okay, I guess that's all pretty accurate. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Lifeline. It's the first day of March, in case you're not keeping track. And it's Craig Roberts in your ear once again, thanking you for the privilege to spend some time with you as you head home to hither and yon. And uh, if you're heading to yon, I understand there's a detour, so be careful. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on today's program and at the midpoint here in the week. One of the arenas that I want to spend some time talking about, and you've seen this in the news um, to a a pretty powerful degree lately, um, the deadline that is looming for the app for TikTok to be removed from um, phones that are owned and operated by the federal government in the possession of, of federal employees. Well, all of this, I think, in order to better understand, it requires a bit of a look back. Seasoned listeners, a.k.a. those of us with a wee bit of gray around the temples, might recall back 31 years ago when MTV, when they were still music television, launched what ultimately became arguably the first so-called reality TV program. And it was TV, to be sure, but very little of it, if any, was actually reality-based. They launched in 1992 The Real World. Remember that? I think in one form or fashion, it's still running to this very day. 31 seasons worth. And it depicted half a dozen college-age adults living in a house and their challenges and issues and relational foibles and so forth and allegedly there were television cameras planted all over the home and they were going to record thousands of hours and edit all of this down well so much of it was staged for the benefit of the cameras and when you know that they're on even when you're not subconsciously necessarily uh, paying active attention to it uh, you tend to play to the cameras and that's exactly what the participants in the real world did it was the world but believe me it wasn't real and you know that kind of launched the first so-called reality tv series and then with the advent of of the influence of the internet coming to full fruition we found the emergence of other non-reality-based experiences in the so-called social arena. Names that we all recognize. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, ChipChat, uh, Snapchat, rather. And the list goes on and on. Many of our kids today use these so-called internet tools to hide behind. And others use them to influence. And not always for the good. And now is the evidence of just how dangerous being addicted to social media can be. 
we're also beginning to see the severe fallout of the impact on society as a whole. Much like so-called reality television, it's not a real social life. And so many people tend to hide behind it. And sadly, as a result, we are raising a generation of children that do not know how to relate to one another, uh, don't understand what proper behavior should look like in society, and on and on the list goes. Well, this, of course, begs the question, what to do? So firmly entrenched in our culture today, particularly in the West, that it makes one wonder, particularly from a parenting standpoint, if there is anything at all that can be done to help counter the influence of so-called social media. And how do we help young people that are drawn to the phone to check in with whatever their favorite social media app might be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day? How does a parent hope to counter any of that influence and bring about some parody and quite frankly, a dose of real reality. Well, joining me with some insights is best-selling author, religion and culture expert, and uh, one of our nation's foremost Christian apologists. He is Dr. Alex McFarland. Got a lot of best-selling books to his credit. And um, Alex, as always, it's uh, such a delight to have you join us on the program. Well, thank you, Craig. It's it's a great honor. I have such a respect for the work you do, and you are a a stellar communicator. And I really appreciate the times that you allow me to be on your your wonderful program. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, today we've got some work to do because there's an awful lot of educating. I think that uh, the. Parents in particular, I think, need to understand. I mean, around the periphery, we get that the kids are constantly glued to their screens. Uh, Sadly, more and more adults also fit in that same category. But the overarching capacity of applications like Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook to invade our children's lives, and not just their lives, but their hearts and their souls. I think that's what troubles a lot of parents, that sense of there being no guardrails, the disconnect from reality, as I suggested a moment ago. And sadly, now we've got a solid generation worth of young people today that, quite frankly, uh, no, uh, no other form of social engagement aside from that that they see on that little screen in front of them. Yeah, you're so right. You know, if you go out in public, I mean, it's just so common uh, to see toddlers, you know, in strollers with a mobile device glued to a screen. And, you know, so much of of life is about balance, Craig, as as we all know. But um, nowadays, I mean, sociologists use the term digital natives because the kids growing up... um, Certainly, 20-somethings down to teens, uh, they've never known a world without Internet, Wi-Fi, mobile devices. And I, I watch so many young parents and very often single mothers. And I mean, from toddlerhood up, we're glued to a screen. And what we're seeing in, in youth ministry and in college, and I'm in the process of teaching a college course just this week, um, among kids... Even even Christian kids very often, there's just not the socialization and the ability to converse 
and just the development of interpersonal relationship skills because for for a majority of their life human interaction has been minimal whereas screen interaction has been maximal and um you know i'm going to say that it there's some remedial socialization that must take place for these kids to really become fully human. Let me let me ask you a, a key question because you and I are about the same age and, and generation and you know when we were kids there was the tendency for mom or dad to say I, I'm, I'm busy cooking dinner right now going to turn the TV on and, and to dispatch us to another room and there we planted ourselves in front of you know about a 20 inch black and white screen for the next couple of hours while dinner, yeah. dinner was being prepared. But it, 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 from what I recall, though, there were still limits. In fact, I, I have some painful memories of Dad coming into my bedroom at one point when when I had misbehaved, and he had a screwdriver in one hand, and he proceeded to take the back off the TV set and disconnect the power cord. Oh, <laughs> and, boy. and then wow. announced, in two weeks' time, you can have it back. But in the meanwhile, put your nose into a book and learn something. And I have to wonder, from your perspective, particularly since you focus so much on um, social engagement, sociology, and young people. What is the difference, in your opinion, between the kind of influence that we grew up with the television versus what young people are seeing today? And I pose that question, Dr. McFarland, because so often parents will say, well, it's just a miniature vision of a TV set. It's a portable TV. You know, it's no different than when my folks said, go watch TV while dinner's being prepared. What is the fundamental difference, in your opinion, and is there tied to that a fundamental perhaps danger between what used to happen to us as kids in our engagement with the television set versus young people today with the internet and social media Craig great question and and I realize like when you or I when you and I were kids and mom says go watch Gilligan's Island the the difference is one of the differences there's attention span um differences because like even when you or I might go watch the Munsters or Gilligan's Island there was a story arc and for 30 minutes you watch a TV show that's different than watching TikTok videos where every 60 seconds it's like a strobe light um, you know just the, the TikTok and the Instagram so much of the social media that kids get glued to really creates these these dopamine rushes, and it literally the uh, the neural reaction to these rapid fire videos is like um, the the body's reaction to a drug, you know, drug users. Um, I, I'm going to really really show my age right now, Craig. But many many years ago, there was a documentary called Future Shock. It was based on the book by Alvin Toffler. And there, there was a scene in the Future Shock movie of people being subjected to these strobe lights that were, you know, rapidly blinking. And it really put people in kind of like a zombie-like catatonic state um, almost. And some, some listeners will remember those images of experiments being done in the 60s and 70s where people would stare into, into these strobe lights. And it really just turned them into like a, a comatose state almost flat line, flat emotion. And really, um, the TikTok videos and so much that's on social media, whether it's just, you know, at worst, you know, kids are watching inappropriate inappropriate material or becoming addicted to porn. 
or just watching these mindless, mindless things that ultimately um, diminish our attention span and our ability to um, process long, deep uh, lines of, of reasoning and thought. You know, movies are getting shorter and shorter. Publishers are diminishing the reading level for books. I don't know if you know this, but like 20 years ago, adult level reading materials were written at a 10th to college grade level. Nowadays, most books and periodicals for adults are written no higher than a 7th grade reading level. So believe it or not, uh, it's beginning to show that our literacy rates are going down. We are becoming a visual rather than verbal culture and therefore a sub literate culture and so there's some things that we can say about this but I, I think the point Craig um, as parents we've got to to set boundaries for screen time and we've got to have accountability for what uh, sites are visited and how long they're watched. Well and if any of us have paid attention and we certainly do as adults it's not difficult at all to type something into a search bar because you're looking for a recipe or looking for information to buy a product and all of a sudden something shows up on the screen that is nothing at all like what you were looking for or imagining and finally, finally you know you, you discover that you found yourself a victim to just the, the randomness that is the internet and, and, and going back to my my question, I, I'm, you know, as you were talking, I thought, yeah, and one of the other notable differences between then versus today is when many of us were growing up as children in the 60s and 70s, televisions had standards, the FCC controlled some of the content, certainly there was control over the kind of language that was being used, there were sensitivities to not offend advertisers, things of this sort, there was essentially a gatekeeper. And today... There is no gatekeeper. It's whomsoever will. Whatever that you wish to produce and put it out on the Internet, it is there at the disposal of any and all to see, even including the youngest and most vulnerable and malleable of minds out there that may not have the perspective to say, this is not healthy, this is not appropriate, this is potentially dangerous, there's stranger danger here, all of those sort of, of warnings that oftentimes young people today just don't have the benefit of, and there's no gatekeeper to say, stop, don't go any further. If you've just joined us, Dr. Alex McFarland is with us today. He is a Christian apologist and religion and culture expert. We're talking about the influence of social media on young people today and what appears to be a pretty significant and growing disconnect from not only real society, but but quite frankly, uh, even seeing kids, and I bet as a parent you've seen this, you've experienced this, even a disconnect of, of the kids from, from within the nuclear family, that they are just so much more inclined to be drawn into that little tiny screen on their cell phone that conversation with mom and dad, ah, who needs it? How do we go about stemming the tide of all of this? And how do we bring some balance to young people who are on an, on an increasing basis finding a sense of value and self-worth over things like how many followers do you have? Or were you successful at participating in the latest TikTok challenge? Wow. Big challenges for parents, to be sure. We'll get more insights in a moment from Dr. Alex McFarland. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're back in our conversation tonight with Christian apologist, religion and culture expert, Dr. Alex McFarland. We're talking about, amongst other things, the influence of social media on young people today. And, and certainly for many parents, the challenge of controlling screen time is one thing. But there's another dynamic to this that perhaps is more insidious than even the, uh, the comparison to the viewing habits of we as kids in the days of old, and that is the notion, Dr. McFarland, that an ever-increasing number of children that are further isolated from true relationships, because, let's face it, the Internet is something that's convenient to hide behind, especially if you're a teenager, perhaps, that doesn't have a, a tremendous sense of self-value or self-worth. You've not been trained up to see yourself as Christ sees you, things of this sort. And so you can not only easily hide behind the Internet, but also also, you can unfortunately gain a, a tremendous sense of, of perhaps uh, endorsement or, or uh, um, self-worth or value based on truly false economies like the number of social media influencers that are out there and how many people are following you. And, and all of a sudden now, y- your ability to relate to other human beings is tremendously hampered because it's, it's virtually become kind of a, a points-based system. How many followers do you have? And that kind of suggests whether or not you're one of the popular kids or not, or, or whether or not you're in or not. And, and sadly, th- this is a challenge that a lot of parents find frightening because, I, you know, I can make an attempt to try to control screen time, but how do you control the moments when they do have access to the Internet that they're not being influenced by all of this? Well, Craig, you're doing a great work by addressing topics like this. I want to throw three words out, uh, Craig, and these these are the words that really every person needs to uh, get their their mind around, and certainly Christians, of course, but it's identity, purpose, and fulfillment. And moms and dads, you know, first of all, if, if you're, you know, raising children, uh, number one, I hope that each you know, person listening has a, a personal relationship with Christ themselves, and you know the Lord. And then I hope as, as a couple, you're agreed and you're on the same page in terms of building a Christian home. But identity, we must, and th- this can be for any age, uh, maybe even grown-ups that have been a Christian for years need to really understand this, though, our identity, our identity and our worth and our value must come from our relationship with Christ. You know, it's not how much money we have or how popular we think we are or what we think we've achieved. Our identity is in Jesus Christ, in purpose. And we need to impart this to our children. Our purpose is to, to glorify the Lord and to be a steward. You know, we're, we're not owners. Our, our time is not our own. Our, our mind We've got to remember that we're stewards, and Jesus has given us life and salvation, and our stewardship of life is to be his disciple, and he's our Lord. But then fulfillment, and this is so big, even for we American Christians in the prosperous first world Western culture, uh, we don't get our fulfillment from stuff, materialism, sex, substances, our fulfillment and our our peace and contentment within 
is not how many clicks are on our, you know, <laughs> Twitter site. It's it's Jesus. Now I know we we interact with the world. We've got to you know grow up, get an education, get a career. But we've got to understand, like First John two fifteen through seventeen, this world is transient and passing away. Only what's internal is eternal, and that's why I think we have to model to our kids. Uh, it's Jesus, uh, identity, purpose, fulfillment. One other thing though, that I got to say, Chuck. I'm sorry, Craig. Listen, I said Chuck because I I just got out of seeing the Jesus uh, Jesus Revolution movie. I've seen it twice. Craig, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. I was discuss- discussing that, though, with a colleague uh, this morning who basically said, what are you waiting for? I understand it's fan- fantastic. Do you know, it's, it's my privilege, Craig. I've, uh, the guy that produces my radio show produced Chuck Smith's radio show years ago. And I've known a lot of people that were part of the Jesus movement, the Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. They, the movie, they say, is so, so accurate. I've seen it twice now. It will, it's a joyful movie. It'll, it'll bring you to tears. Uh, it'll inspire you for the movement of the Spirit of God we need in our own day. I cannot overstate what a great movie this is, and I hope everybody will go see it. But, um, you know, as far as socialization, people skills, one of the things that I think... Um, the church is going to excel at, and we've always done this in many periods of history, but as the culture grows more and more lawless and chaotic, the church has been and will be the place where there is literacy. The church will be the place where leaders are developed. And I want to encourage mom and dad, have your children in Sunday school and youth, um, if you're a youth leader, um, teach the kids how to pray. Teach the kids how to get up and read scripture. Teach the kids how to lead a Bible lesson and help them find their gifts. Teach the kids how to lead music. And do you know, this has happened from the first century through the Middle Ages, through the Reformation, colonial America to the present day. The world uh, is always unraveling, really, because when you take Jesus and truth and morality out of the equation, the digression happens very quickly. And in in all of the periods of history, the ebb and flow of culture, the church is that rock of stability. And it's in the church that we discover our ability to serve, our ability to uh, show empathy and listen, our ability to lead when called upon to lead. And so one of the ways that we're going to overcome just the, uh, the, the social media, uh, the, the, the Internet culture that creates zombies, you know, one of the ways we're going to overcome that is by this wonderful organic family that we call the body of Christ. And I urge people everywhere to be in church and make sure their kids are in church. And there's an important message there that um, we're going to dive into a bit deeper after the break. Because for parents, that also, I think, suggests a bit of a a wake-up call in understanding that 
the internet and many of these social media engagement platforms, be it Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at all, are not just benign communication tools or easy ways to keep in touch with old friends from high school or current friends from high school, if your child is still in high school, uh, that, that there is something here that left unchecked is dark, dangerous, and insidious. And absent any kind of guardrails can cause your child's life to literally run off the rails pretty quickly because you just don't know who or what is on the other end creating the content and engaging your son and daughter. Yeah, it could be a classmate from school. It could be a predatory pedophile. It could be somebody with an agenda to poison your child's mind because they're trying to promote a new world order. New Ageism, alternative religious thought, whatever it might be. And all of these areas are warning signs where parents need to understand, look, our our children need to be equipped with the tools that they are capable of being able to know the difference and know when to push off. Because, listen, at the end of the day, any parent thinks, as I suggested earlier, like my father back in the day, I'm just going to take the power cord off the TV set. Well, you know, that that works for a season until I I figured out how to get a couple of clip leads on there and bypass it, right? (laughs) But trying to be able to police your child and shut off their engagement with the internet when they're required to go online to do class studies because of COVID restrictions or uh, do research for a paper, they need to download information, whatever it might be, you know, on an increasing basis, uh, you know, as much as study uh, in school is becoming increasingly reliant upon the internet, so too, of course, day-to-day life. So if it isn't something where you can put up a brick wall around your child to protect him and her from these influences. How do you go about controlling it, but even better put, preparing your child so that he or she knows how to react properly and appropriately when they are confronted by something that is less than healthy, less than ideal for them? Dr. McFarland began to kind of take us down this path, but I want to go even deeper because it's going to make it incumbent upon you as a parent to be fully engaged if your children are going to have any hope of growing up, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it, if your children are going to have any hope of growing up somewhat normal and capable of somewhat engaging in normal society. I say somewhat because, yeah, I think it's kind of that gloomy right now, absent a major wake-up call for parents all over this country and it better happen sooner than later because if it doesn't I fear that we are well on our way to losing not one generation but preparing ourselves to potentially lose a second generation so how do you as a parent get better engaged in all of this and create some guardrails and most importantly educate your son or daughter as to how to Notice and respond in an appropriate fashion to the warning signs. We'll talk about that next as our conversation with Dr. Alex McFarland continues. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, back to our conversation. Best-selling author Dr. Alex McFarland is with us this evening. We've been talking a bit about the impact of social media on our culture and society today, and particularly its influence on young people and many of the challenges that are presented in establishing proper guardrails in order to prevent children from getting sucked in. And uh, as I mentioned before, it, it can be dangerous and insidious if a child isn't properly prepared and you as an adult just can't stand over them 24-7, right? So with that said, Dr. McFarland, you, you began to talk before the break about ideas related to, well, the fundamentals of discipleship and training up a child and getting them educated and reading God's word and studying the show themselves approved and, and all very critical and key factors. And I'm wondering how much of that also goes hand in hand with teaching uh, young people the ability to, um, well, the ability to know the difference. And I suppose knowing the difference and, and understanding how to identify what's false goes back to what I learned many years ago from a, a bank teller um, who told me, Craig, when, when we are learning to count money and, uh, you know, deal with the public, uh, we spend several days training on how to identify false banknotes and and so you know of course naturally it raised the question oh so you've you've seen a lot of of phony money then no not actually no what we do is we study the real thing because if you get intimately aware and really commit to your to your your memory what a real bill looks like then when the phony deal comes along whatever shape or form it might be you can instantly recognize. And I'm wondering if the same thing is true when it comes to understanding the real deal from a Christian or biblical perspective when we're trying to teach children to be prepared to be inoculated against what the wiles of the enemy toss in their direction on the Internet. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, when you are intimately familiar with what is authentic, then you're you're in many ways prepared for anything that's a counterfeit and just like uh you know money and legal tender when it comes to truth and it comes to morality and the stewardship of life and the lord jesus i mean when we uh we know the word of god and we have been around godly people that that will really rub off and uh, you know, I realize parenting today is is a big, it's a heavy lift. I mean, it really is. And so I, I want to throw out some principles, Craig. And I know uh, sometimes parents might think, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, I'm just trying to get the bills paid. This is a lot to think about. But God will help you. Uh, God will. And, and I say this when I do my seminars all over the country, Craig, I'll often I'll say to moms and dads, I'll say, lose at anything else but win with your family. And I really, really mean that. Um, Craig, you and I deal with uh, the gospel, culture, worldview. But I, I would say this regarding the future of our country. Um, if God will help us build solid Christian families, America's going to be okay. And I, I know there are so many things we could talk about related to the future of our country, but the, the health of the country and the gospel and the church is directly contingent on the state of the family. Now, one of the things that I think kids need to see in relation to um, screen time or 
what we look at or the the media that we imbibe kids need to see that in the life of their mother and dad the lord jesus is a priority and and you might tell your kids you need to say you know um, we haven't really set as many boundaries as we should, but we understand that the family uh, is something God has given us. And even me as your father and you as our kids, we're going to answer to the Lord. And for that reason, we have to set some boundaries. And there are going to be limits to screen time. And there are going to be times that because I love you and because I care about you and because I'm trying to parent you in a way that God will be pleased with I'm going to have to turn off the computer now at this point like when you talk about setting boundaries and screen time and accountability and uh, you can't just stay on the phone all day long you can't just be you know surfing the net and we're going to have meal together and, and in other words structure when moms and dads put structure there's going to be pushback from the kids and I've had parents say to me, Craig, they'll say, oh, my goodness, my kid, my, my child will be so mad at me. And this is where I, I have the audience. I'll say, repeat after me. Say, I am the parent. <laughs> say it like you mean it. I am the parent. And so moms and dads are going to have to be the adults uh, and the godly adults. And do you know what I found? Even if we're starting late, you know, it, ideally we would have had structure and respectful boundaries and God-honoring habits in the home. But even if you're starting late, um, kids will get with the program. Because honestly, even though we don't think so, we humans, we, we do crave structure. And an unstructured family uh, is, is a, a roadmap for uh, disappointment, if not disaster. So understand that our parenting and even the way we treat our spouses and certainly the way we raise our children, it is it is life's most vital stewardship proposition. But God will help us with it, Craig. And, you know, that's so true. And, and I think we also need to be mindful of the fact that the, the enemy loves to to cast doubt and confusion and, and certainly um, thrives in chaos. And when chaos reigns supreme in the family home, and I know that a lot of parents, I want to be careful to, to acknowledge the fact that there are many parents listening right now that say, Craig, Dr. Mark Fallon, McFarland, you guys don't understand. We're both working two jobs. We're struggling to make the mortgage payment, keep food on the table, keep uh, you know the, the, the bills paid. And, and the idea of sitting down and having long, thoughtful conversations into the night, as, as appealing as that may be, it's just as impractical. And so, you know, I give the cell phone to my child because it's a means to keep in contact and at least I can find out where they're at or they can reach me if they need something. And, and a lot of parents, I think, want to parent kind of on autopilot. And yet yeah. you've got to be fully engaged and failure to be fully engaged brings with it so many other problems and and the chaos of the household sadly gets repeated it 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 becomes you know the sins of the parents so to speak it 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 becomes repeated from one generation to the next how many of us 
today that have been through divorces came from a divorced family. We've not seen the modeling of what a happy, healthy marriage relationship looks like. And so when we grow up, we vow to never do what our parents did. And then we go about exactly repeating carbon copy what they did, making the same mistakes because that's all, sadly, that we know that's been imprinted on our psyche. Well, it's time to sort of rewrite the script, pull the scripture back in, and recognize that you can take authority, you can take control, you can create order once again within your family, set boundaries, be engaged, and... In doing so, reap the benefit of a child who grows up healthy and happy and well-grounded and well-balanced. We'll be back with some thoughts from Dr. Alex McFarland on how to go about doing that. And uh, if time allows, we're also going to pick his mind regarding what we all saw at Super Bowl Sunday. He gets us. Brilliant ad campaign? Or does it tremendously miss the theological mark? All that and more as our conversation tonight with best-selling author, Christian apologist, Dr. Alex McFarland continues here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Helping our young people navigate the oftentimes very confusing and frequently dangerous road of social media. Part of our discussion today with best-selling author and Christian apologist, Dr. Alex McFarland. And, and certainly, as you point out, and I'm glad you do, Dr. McFarland, that it's never too late. Even if chaos for a season has reigned supreme, it's not impossible to pull all of that back in and restore order to the house. But you really need to be actively engaged, can't you? In other words, parents can't just set this on, you know, with the old adage, set it and forget it and put it on autopilot and hope that all is going to work out. They really need to be daily actively engaged in their child's life, do they not? Well, they do. And, you know, Craig, the fact is we will make time for things that we think are important. I mean, look, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, a hobby or a sporting event or whatever, if we're committed and something is a priority, generally we'll make a way to to have it happen. And that's why I say it's not just a cliche. I mean, lose at anything else but win with your family. And, you know, um, about 15 years ago, well, really more like 18 years ago, I went to work for James Dobson at Focus on the Family and had a wonderful experience working with Dr. Dobson and um, then we've done a lot of other things over the years. But I remember, Craig, reading a study of sociologists, and they were looking at values and how uh, you impart to your kids things that you believe are true and important. And they, they took note of the fact that the families, and specifically in this particular study, uh, there were Jewish families. Uh, are the kids going to follow in the footsteps of the parents? And the, the demographic in America that had the greatest success at imparting values and habits were Jewish families. Um, the Jewish kids were most likely to stay with the cultural and ethnic habits of the family. And they tried to find out why that was so. And they were like, well, you know, well, maybe it's their Jewish identity. And, and certainly that's part of it. But long story short, the best context for the impartation of values, beliefs, priorities 
the the secret sauce, if you will, uh, of the Jewish families at passing their culture on to the next generation was the fact that Jewish families of any demographic in America were most likely to consistently have mealtime, you know, five to seven nights a week. And one thing about most middle-class families and even Christian and Protestant and families, um, they there's not consistent mealtime together. And by that, I mean an unplugged meal, a meal where we actually sit down and we talk the 30 minutes of no phone time or whatever. And let me just encourage, uh, for one thing, nutrition and not just, you know, fast food on the run, but having a meal together. And I realized for many families, this is going to take commitment, restructuring, but over the table, breaking bread together, there's something about just stopping the the noise of the outside world and having a meal together that values and beliefs are passed on. And and one final thing, Craig, and I know we're almost out of time, but uh, oh, those 18 years go by so quickly. Mom and dad, you're gonna you're gonna blink, and suddenly you're at a high school graduation, and really after graduation, your relationship with your children will fundamentally change forever, in some good ways and maybe some uh, challenging ways. But this, their toddlers, their children, their teens, they're gone. And don't let this brief window of opportunity pass by, the opportunity by which we can impart not only the family identity, but Jesus, patriotism, uh, this thing called parenting. It really does have long-term repercussions, and we must fully give ourselves to it. Yeah, absolutely right. And and you're you're so accurate in pointing out that while, you know, you talk about 18 years, oh, that seems to be overwhelming. You know, turn around and they're three, turn around and they're 13, turn around again and they're 23 and off to college or married and having a family of their own. And, um, you know, um, we serve a God that is forgiving, that is in the restoration business. And uh, and he desires to do that, even if you've made some mistakes along the way and have been less than um, diligent in paying attention to what your child is consuming and exposed to through social media and the internet and so forth. Uh, it's never too late to do the right thing. And God, I believe, will reward you um, when you're serious about the job that he has given you in the stewardship of training up your children and raising them to, to love and fear the Lord. Dr. Alex McFarland, we always appreciate the time. It, we Unfortunately, we're out of it. I'd love to get into uh, your thoughts on the He Gets Us campaign, which I've got some mixed feelings about. We'll have to do that another time. Dr. Alex McFarland, religion and culture expert. All kinds of great resources, by the way, including links to where you can get copies of his many best-selling books that run the gambit of um, answers for atheists to have to have a discussion about God with others and sharing your faith um, to even look at issues that divide Christians. All available through his website. Check him out at Alex McFarland dot com. That's Alex McFarland. We always appreciate Dr. McFarland for carving out some time from his busy schedule to spend some time with us here on Lifeline. Six o'clock from KFAX San Francisco. Back with more. Hour two straight ahead. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.